0: And now, a word from our sponsors. The Oyster Recovery Partnership is the nonprofit expert in Chesapeake Bay oyster restoration. Oyster Recovery Partnership has planted more than 9 billion oysters on 3,000 acres of reef and recycled more than 250 bushels of shell. Everyone benefits from a healthy Chesapeake Bay. Poor water quality and declining habitats can be reversed. Oysters are the answer. Pescovor is packaged in a convenient, single-serving size with no refrigeration required until after opening. Pescovor is the perfect, healthy, and delicious snack for those on the go. Pescovor, tuna that travels. Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, your oyster ninja. I'm here with a, uh, Brooklyn? Is that Brooklyn? Yep, Brooklyn. I'm here with a Brooklyn native, an oyster native, uh, a good dude, Mr. Moody, the real mother shucker. <laughs> what up, y'all? What's going on, man? How you feel?
1: Good, good. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: For sure. So for everybody who doesn't know the real mother shucker, I don't know how you don't know the real mother shucker. I mean the guys on on the TV screen blowing up the TV screen high on the hog and everything in between. Hey, so um for people who don't know you man, t- tell tell them what the real mother Shucker is and what he's about.
1: Um basically I'm just a normal Brooklyn dude, like I'm All right, sorry right there.
0: Stop right there. Cut it out. Cut it out. Normal Brooklyn now, nah, just joking. I'm sorry to interrupt.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. That's 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 the whole thing. I'm just a normal Brooklyn dude, you know? Um, I'm from the area, like you said, I'm from uh, third generation, actually, from New York. Um, second generation Brooklyn. I'm from Crown Heights area, the area that I'm trying to, you know, really help to take off with this oyster thing. And um, uh, where I'm actually located at, in terms of my locations right now, is in Sunset Park in the Industry City um, complexes that they're developing out there. That's where my home base is. But um, like I said, I have a pop pop up shop in uh, Bed Stuy and one in Clinton Hill that I'm doing right now. And uh, my mom's neighborhood where I grew up at is always home base where I'm looking to constantly do more and more and more expansion. You know.
0: So I do know. I do know. I'm loving it, man. Um, so the real mother shucker um, is an oyster cart. Is are you are you an oyster bar yet?
1: Yeah, no. Nah, we we're, we're um, so the, the the model is basically uh, a cart. Um, I started up the first oyster cart in New York since about 1927, um, when oystering harvesting oysters from the harbor became illegal. So selling oysters on the cart um, became illegal as well. And so um, what I'm basically doing is something that used to be commonplace in the city. Uh, the oysters were harvested from the New York City Harbor and all the local area and sold downtown, uh, sold it on the streets in the city, or for carts, similar to how we have like hot dog carts, like how New York City's famous for hot dog carts and for pretzels. Back in the day, it wouldn't have been hot dogs and pretzels they would have been selling. They would have been, that would have been actually kind of uh, more high end uh, than an oyster during that time period. The oyster was the common people's food because, um, as you know, but not as too many other people probably don't know that are inside of the the oyster world fully. Oysters is one of those types of foods that once it starts to be prevalent, it's basically an unstoppable food source, you know? So it was so much of an abundance of oysters here in New York City. New York City was the oyster capital of the world. And we used to sell oysters on carts. But like I said, 1927, um, they illegalized harvesting oysters due to the fact that people were catching typhoid from eating the oysters out of the ocean, which is a really messed up thing because, you know, right previous to that had been the great depression, you know, we were coming out of world wars and people were farming and factoring. People were factoring a lot, you know, producing a lot out of New York and dumping inside the ocean. And so as a result of that, um, all of the oysters that they had harvested out without replenishing out replenishing back in the, the population and without any kind of regulations on the waterways, um, those, those, those oysters was getting people mad sick, you know? So 1927, they illegalized selling oysters on the cart. Since then, there hasn't been no oyster carts in New York City, but since it's such a relevant part of our history, it was something that was really important for me to bring back out, you know? Now in the format of how I do it, like you said, I'm not a bar, you know? And I don't technically need to or want to be a bar at this stage in the game. What my mission is really is to bring oysters to people who don't necessarily have them or have access to them or just haven't really thought about them as being an option previous to now, is to be able to bring my business to your business and be able to utilize your brick and mortar restaurant to make my cart not illegal. <laughs> so I get a standard location and you get an additional business, you know? Really what I do, I'm in the business of oyster real estate, you know?
0: Ah, I like that. We got a coin that term right there, oyster real estate.
1: I'm in the business of oyster real estate.
0: My man, my man. Yeah, so, um first of all appreciate the history for rolling down memory lane um Mm -hmm. but i'm still curious man i'm still curious so how does a brooklyn kid find out about oysters want to do oysters like how'd you get in this world
1: i mean so like i was saying new york city was the oyster capital of the world you know So it's never been something that's been out of the realm of things that could be on the dinner table for me and my family. Um, The Blue Point Oyster is probably the the most uh, branded, the most branded name in terms of oysters and oyster ring. You know, Um, when I moved to Louisiana was the first time that I had got an introduction to um, oysters. And um, after that was when, uh, you know, I I was, I was shucking oysters in Florida Okay. and uh, Florida, really the oysters down there were Gulf Coast oysters, you know, so for all intents and purposes, they were probably even a little bit less the flavor profile of the Louisiana oysters that I was shucking from my preference, just based off of the region that we were in being a little bit even more Southern than the, the Louisiana oysters that we had and um, a little bit more into that tropical environment where they were just kind of reproducing so, so much and the shell and the body and the flavor profile, everything about it for a wild caught oyster was just not my preference, you know? But um, learning about oysters in New York, it was, it was always available. Every, everything in New York is available. That's the beauty of being a New Yorker. Is like every culture, every food, every financial background is available right here, you know? So every class of whatever that you're looking for, I've had access to, but it just wasn't necessarily something I was looking for and access to it on a poor people level or at a high end level. I could go to Coney Island as a kid or could go to, you know, uh, fine dining on Lexington Avenue and go eat the best of the best or eat what the common person had 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 previously. Yeah, coming up from Brooklyn, um, I had always had access to oysters and to fine dining. Um, You know, all of the different kinds of caviar and uh, everything, everything is available, you know? It's just about whether or not you're gonna be the one to go and purchase it mm-hmm. if you're the one that's looking for it. So I was aware of different foods. I was just I definitely wasn't aware of East Coast versus West Coast or um, even the difference between really an oyster and a clam or a mussel, you know mm-hmm. I mean I knew what they looked like, but in terms of flavor profiles and stuff like that or how to open them or how the preparation was for them, I was oblivious, you know? I've first... seen them before on the tables. Mm-hmm. I see them when I go out to the fancy places with my dad and stuff. You know, we pass yeah. by the table, but we ain't eating that stuff. We mm-hmm. might reach for the lobster and the crab and the shrimp, but we are not reaching for them, them shells. It's, that's how you know. Yeah. So what and was it your... wasn't because it wasn't something that we don't we wouldn't do. It's just exposure at different time periods. You know.
0: I I can understand
1: that. Um. What made you maybe think not that the, a- maybe not the clams and the mussels so much, but definitely the oysters?
0: Uh huh. What made you think that um a oyster a oyster cart would work, um in New York?
1: I, I I already knew it would. That's what I was trying to. I was what the whole point was is that um first off, uh the city started off as being an oyster heart, you know. Mm-hmm. So um this is one of those types of places where there is foot traffic, you know where well, I can't kind of go and post up on the side of the road selling like it used to be back in the days. People would be selling like African oils and uh, whatever they, they little table was on the street. But these people were famous for their little tables. Everybody would know knew where the table was and they would come and come buy something, you know, because you got foot traffic out here. Right. So the cart is going to work here. It's visibility, you know, and then um, with the background inside of the history of the, of it was really where I started to fall in love with it, you know, um, with the whole pinstripes and Paperboy cap and button-down blazer. And it's just sexy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's super sexy. And, and, like, it's the best aesthetic coming in, bringing the whole party. People already getting open when you come through with the oysters. <laughs> now I'm the bartender. I got the little... Suspenders in the bowtie, right? <laughs>
0: and and what's crazy is, you know, I watch a lot of your, your your content, your videos on Instagram. I'm like, yo, if that's not sexy, I don't know what is. Right. It's the way you first of all you shucking the oysters, and then you 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 uh, presenting the oysters and you dressing them up and you you talking people through, you walking them through the process. I mean. My, my thing is, and I always tell people, people fall in love with stories and your whole process is a story and you do it over and over and over again. You know what I mean? So just talk a little bit about your process and your thought process behind the process.
1: All right. So basically I'm going to break it down to you in terms of, what I'm looking to, to do right now, as opposed to what I'm already doing. Um, basically, it's like this, you know, when I started this, uh, it was the type of a thing where it was kind of out of a desperation. You know what I'm saying? Um, I came into Oysters um, initially working on uh uh, sustainable living community that I had gone to go leave to go be a part of. I was trying to change my life around, be a part of a, pro- a program that was going to be building up. My background previously that was nonprofit sector work. So I had no experience doing food industry work, but I knew how to cook. I went there as a chaperone. I ended up cooking for the lady as like her sous chef on her farm for like over 40 kids that would be out there all the time. And we'd be hooking up these gumbos and that two phase and jambalayas and just cooking our butts off out there, off the natural stuff that she had in the area a lot too, you know. So I learned a lot of different uh, cuisine, but then when I'm left directly from there, um, I moved out to Florida to go be with a young lady who I had been in a relationship with, and I wanted to give it a first, you know, a fair shot this time. You know, New York is hard on the rent, you know, you 21, 22, 23, it's hard to pay rent for you and your lady and be able to handle that, if it's not going to be just a little room that you're already sharing with three roommates and you got to handle, you understand what I'm saying? So no, out here I definitely in Florida, come on, man. Out here yeah. in Florida, I was paying the same $800 to $600 a month for the whole apartment, the whole house sometimes. House, the last place I was staying was a house for $650. Right. It wasn't on the beach side this time, but it was a house right. that I had a relationship with the church next door and the guy who ran the, the farmer's market next across from me. So I was just out there in Florida trying to get it. You know, I didn't know nothing about oysters, but that was the thing that led me into it was desperation. Just needing to have work going into um, find down a restaurant and being like, I'm going to work my way up to the top, you know, and I'm going to start off in this uh, pantry and do this raw bar and then move up to hot app and then move up to saute and then move up to grill and y'all going to pay me. Whatever I want to when I come up in here, and then realizing one day, well, I finally get to go training on my grill station. You know that my sous chef comes in there, and he doesn't even he doesn't even want to do the grill. He's doesn't even he wants to go do the oysters. Goes down into the oyster station and stabs himself in the middle of the hand. Oh. And so now I'm the I'm the person that's on call to come and do the grill, and I gotta do the oysters also. Cause nobody else could do oysters. Right. So after that, I just re- I realized I was like, you know, I love food service, but in terms of what I want to do in food industry, I'm only going to do one thing. I'm going to do the grill, or I'm going to do the oysters, or I'm going to do bacon. But I'm not going to do every single task inside of the kitchen as my my desire. I'm not trying to be a sous chef or the chef anymore. Now I just want to do one thing, and I'm the, I'm the chef of that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of what the beginning of my model is in terms of doing this was going out to F- uh, Florida. I started a little uh, uh, a cart called Tiki Taco while I was out there. Tiki Taco going to come back, you know? Okay. okay. But yeah, Tiki Taco was my little portable uh, PVC uh, taco, uh, a Tiki bar, you know? And I would ride around to the farmer's market and I would go and try to sell tacos at like 7 o'clock in the morning at the farmer's markets because you could buy in for like $15, $20 to be able to come and set up your booth and go sell, you know? yeah. But it just got me doing, got me on the mold, you know? Mm-hmm. So for right now, what, what Mother Shuck is, is supposed to turn into is um, an educational tool, you know? Um. Basically, they put you in oysters as an afterthought you know, and it's kind of the way how it's presented. It's as if you, if you don't know already, then you're not going to know. And that's the way, how it's served in the industry. That's how it's served in the world right now. And that's basically what like my mission is to kind of change is to kind of take it away from um, a job that the dishwasher does that's sold by the server or done by the shucker in front of the stat in front of everybody and sold by the server. Meantime, the talking and the handling and the, everything is done by the bot is done by the shucker who's technically at that position of bartender and someone who's very high skilled, knowledgeable about, you know, sales in terms of what this product is, mm-hmm. was kind of overlooked, you know? Yeah. So it's to kind of trying to put the control back in the hands of the shucker, make them make us back the, you know, the fishmonger, the bartender, the yeah. the show, you know? Yeah, exactly. Give us back the, 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 the seat that we have in terms of, you know, coming through, making the, making the space exciting, you know, providing the information for people so they don't just think that they always eat in blue points every time that they go somewhere to go eat. So they can be informed of what the different oyster is, Preach. why they're getting, you know? So that the shells on the oysters aren't going to be just something that's purchased out of necessity because somebody's trying to get cheap oysters, Mm -hmm. but they're being, we're purchasing oysters that have been put through a different kind of tumbling process and different harvesting process and top quality. So we're not just losing because we care about losing our product as opposed to exec chef who really doesn't even know what's going out, but he just knows that those food costs is either high or low. And dollar happy hours got to be dollar happy hour you know, or he's going to lose business. So for us, it's like, there's no no dollar happy hours, you know, but um, my my model right now is to try to build it up to a nonprofit level, basically. Not (laughs) basically, literally, where um, I'm bringing my staff, will be students from schools, you know, um, straight to the cart. After I'm going, to be, I'm going to be going to the schools to go talk to the students about um, New York City oyster history, talk about uh, my background, uh, the, black, the African-American background in oystering and whaling and maritime in general, um, the importance of the oyster to the environment in terms of, uh, you know, not just climate issues, which is like a huge just like that's good enough right then, right, right. that right there and there then and there alone. But geographically, um, to erosion, to uh, property damage, you know, to controlling um, nurseries for wildlife conservation, you know, and the impacts that those things can have. Beyond just a client, beyond the fact that we can turn acreage, miles and miles and miles of acreage into profitable, but also uh, healing farmland for the environment through oysters, through seaweed, you know. But these, but the oysters specifically, you know, um, we we have access to a food source that is. That, that is making an impact on the world as people are not only eating it, but just being involved in the consumption of it, you know? And so that's the first place is to just inform these kids, get, get the kids knowledgeable about, you know, hey, maybe you vegan, maybe you uh, love meat, maybe you allergic to shellfish, you know, but this is what this is what oysters do for the environment this is what you can see happen for your your world in the next 50 years right. if you inform your friends and inform your family and do your part in terms of this thing that we're doing you know i
0: always uh preach well not preach but i always um emphasize uh, the importance of opening kids minds early um to to, to aquaculture and the waterways and history and, you know, self history and, and all of that stuff, because man, the earlier we plant seeds, man, the greater things they can do, the greater things they can do. I I always say, you know, I, I can just only imagine, you know, what I would be able to do if I took things a little serious, you know, earlier, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's why now I'm doing my part to, to, to spread, you know, stories like yours out into the world and hopefully, you know, it'll connect with somebody. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, uh, <clears throat> so right now, as far as like shell recycling and stuff, what's, is there a system set up um, in New York for shell recycling?
1: Right. So here, the company that gives me the legs, like I was saying in the very beginning, we all and New York has such a lovely spot because we always at the forefront of what is available resource wise, you know? So there's a company here called the Billion Oyster Project. Um, After I got back from Florida, my first job working, doing oysters specifically here was at this very, very important restaurant called Maison Premier. Um, Maison is here in Brooklyn. And, um, they had like thirty different kind of oysters on deck at all times while I was working there. you know, so it was the first type of place where I went, where I went to go shuck, and it wasn't like they had a dollar one oyster for happy hour that I had to you know speed shuck through three hundred of them for one hour and then after the rest of the day, it was dead over there because the oysters went back up to four or five dollars mm-hmm. and they were gross in the first place and they had me squeezing, squeezy bottles of salt water on pre-shuck plates. Ooh. Yeah. Oh pre-shut man, hotel you play- telling yeah. secrets
0: now. Yo, telling secrets
1: now. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I thought it was gross. I thought that people that ate it were gross. I thought though, I really thought it was just like, nah, you are just, you're a heathen. Like, i know i know what you eat. it's dirty sloppy slimy is nasty you nasty you just throw something you don't even care you don't even care I don't tell me about it you don't care you know and so that's the difference between for me what my experience was into what i want people to enjoy. because i care so I want to give you something that I cared about, you know, so I know for a fact that you're going to at least have a good experience the first time. Not what I was getting all of them other times or giving to people all of those times unknowingly, you know, shucking them, didn't care about shells, didn't care about flipping, didn't even really know if I was taking the abductor off fully or not, didn't care if I was or not, you know, you'll probably get half of them with the abductor off, half of them with them sloppily taken off at best. You know, never flip the oyster. Didn't even know that that was a thing to be able to flip an oyster. Uh, you know, no different styles of shucking to approach a different hinge that so that I would do less damage and lose less product and all that kind of stuff like that. That was never even a part of the thought. It was literally just get this nasty stuff out that nobody else could open up because there's a line of people building up. You know, and I was so that
0: happened. Of- that happened at the uh, the Maison when you, when no, you started no, 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 no. Uh, appreciating it? I'm
1: not gonna even name drop the restaurant in Florida. No, 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 I mean, when you started to appreciate
0: that's... it. When you started to appreciate yeah, it.
1: That was at Maison, yeah. Right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah that's what I was getting at. Yeah, Maison was a place that they had 30 different oysters and I was like, oh snap, this is dope. And then I tried my first oyster and I liked it. It was from Canada, it was Prince Edward Island. And I was like, oh snap. And I tried one from, uh, I tried an Olympia and a uh, Kushi. Yeah, I tried a cushion in an Olympia, huh. and I was just like, "Yo, this is crazy!" How's Crim <laughs> day so like Crazy, crazy, crazy! After I tried Soleil, Saint Simone, all of them different. The the ones, the ones, I was like oh, the
0: ones, top notch.
1: Oh, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh right,
0: right. Here we all are. Right, all right, all right, yeah.
1: Let me step back. Let me reverse that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, by the way, look at my shirt. Is it new product? Oh, hey. come
0: on, man. Don't do me like that. Each yeah, Yeah, I got you, I
1: got you. I got to get a new man, a, a new manufacturer because ah. Printify is messing up, but-
0: Look um, at that. Look at that, man. That's beautiful.
1: Thank you, bro. Ah, I got to um, step
0: my game up.
1: <laughs> man, shut up, man. You the oyster ninja, bro. I hear you. It sounds you the oyster good. ninja. You was the first one. He was the first one out here, inspiring. For Ooh. real talk, you know what I'm saying? The first one, you know. But initially, like I was saying, my whole entire thing was um the history behind it. You know, yeah. I got into main zone. They had me doing the paperboy. They, I wasn't wearing it, but that's what you know the the aesthetic is like suspenders with the quaffed 1800s hairstyles and. Yeah, you know, um, the hardwood floors and the hardwood shoes and all of that, you yeah. know? And um, it was really a dope experience because it was something that I would not have even put myself into mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the fact of me wanting to step away from uh, the other kind of kitchens that I had been working in. Yeah, You know, uh, up until that point, I had been really trying to chase getting on a line in a really, really expensive spot. Mm-hmm. And being one of the top three guys in there, you know, just fighting with these three guys so I could eventually become a sous chef somewhere, you know, yeah. or six guys, you know, that's basically what I was trying to do. But I didn't, I, after I got into the oyster thing, I was really like, I don't want to do that no more. I want to do this. I, I just want to do oysters alone because majority of the places that I'm coming into, I'm the most capable person that they got coming in there. Right. and then. I, I didn't even care about it. I didn't even care about it. And then I got trained at Maison. And I started to lo- love the oysters, and then I started to study, and I started finding about um, the history. You know, the big oyster, and um, uh, just studying up about uh, all of it. Thomas Downing and uh, whaling history, and putting piecing two and two together about uh, you know m- my own background. Our our heritage of basically um, eminent domain, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, obviously we're coming through this coming through this city, free people building up Washington D.C., building up New York City, building up all of these northern areas that previously didn't even have real cities until somebody came through through. Uh, harvesting of natural resources, you know, unless it was a plantation and you were indiv- independently wealthy. Finite wealth was built through natural resources or through individuals. You know, use you either a doctor to somebody or you was collecting in some sort of natural resource and selling it and making yourself, you know, a, a stake. You know, making yourself a real actual financial claim to build a property to get a post office to build a township, you know? Right. So that's how our stuff got started, was we would build up these little areas, build up these towns, and then they would become the Hamptons, you know? They would become Staten Island. They would become, you know, all of these areas. Yeah. Which was a history that I was familiar with from my childhood, from my grandparents, and all that stuff like that, but... Mm-hmm. You really couldn't put two and two together in terms of certain kinds of things, you know? Right, right. And it starts to click like, oh, yeah, I remember we were all doctors and lawyers and businessmen all of that stuff while we were building up our churches, our AME churches and our townships, and then then banks came through to, quote, unquote, come help. And that's when you couldn't even get a loan for your own properties because we didn't own them banks anymore, you know?
0: Right. In right.
1: The North, yeah. Now that now the city hall looks different, the the city hall is different, and your little shack can't stay here anymore because the top the, the 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 there's been a bank that came through and financed a whole bunch of development, mm. and your crib looks crazy, and you can't even you can't even keep your little shack here no more because well, it's eminent domain.
0: Your your story sounds a lot similar to a lot of um coastal cities. You know what I mean? That's is, is what I'm this, saying. It's sounding real similar to to the stories that my grandmother told me. Uh, you know, I'm from the Eastern Shore near Chigatick. It sounds a lot. I'm I'm talking about like literally the story is lining up. And I'm like, yo, this sounds real familiar. But right. yeah, no doubt. Um sad. Real sad man. Um but you know, all we can do is go forward and try to try to build up and build something that's gonna stay and last and teach the generation behind us um to keep going. Um let's talk, cause you you, you taught uh history on um high on the hog also. Uh you want you wanna talk a little bit like how that even became like how did it become a thing, like uh the whole opportunity?
1: High on the hog?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, It's the same thing. Um, Just New York City. Like I was telling you about the cart, you know, Um, somebody had asked me how I knew that the cart was going to work previously to that. It was funny, too, because I had been trying for years with a box to try to do the pop up shop, you know, Mm -hmm. and I would go to different locations. There would even be bartenders that was friends of mine, bar owners that was friends of mine. And I'll come through like, yo, let me do my pop-up shop. they would be like, oh, yeah, you can do it one day, once a month. And I'll be like, dude, I can't buy yeah, I know oysters yeah. and whole oysters for a month, bro. Right. Like, I got to just give them away at the end of the night? Like, what good is that? At least give me one once every week. You know right. what I'm saying? Once yeah. a week. it's a good product. It's not like I'm bringing you crap product. I'm making your spot sexy for the night. Like, come on, hook me up. Couldn't get it off the ground. I guess either I wasn't convincing enough or I wasn't trying hard enough or whatever the hell it was. that didn't get off the ground until I changed my name to Mother Suckers and uh, built a cart, you know? And the cart was predicated on me having a box truck company at that time period, you know? So I had had to um, have a box truck to be able to move my carts from location to location. You know, now this cart that I built is smaller, so it's collapsible, could go into the back of a minivan, you know, but um, basically that was the first step was being able to find, you know, uh, building up up, uh, the cart to be able to basically just convince people that it was a good idea, it was a solid idea. As soon as I, I got the cart up, then somebody wrote a newspaper article um, about it for this thing called Edible Brooklyn, mm-hmm. you know? And after the Edible Edible Brooklyn thing, now I'm going to go pick up oysters from my oyster guy, you know? And then I hear a conversation going on at the um, purveyor that I was using at that time period about me, you know? And then I come through and then they're like, you know, well, we were going to do a cart but we just know it's illegal you know what i'm saying and i was like yeah well too you know what i'm saying was like, too bad for that you know right sorry y'all missed out on that you know right. what i'm saying yeah. should've, y'all should have did it you know you should have gone for it <laughs> you right. know so then um the next time is later on in the um winter i got my cart packed away and somebody who had passed me on the street with the cart, um, had come into the restaurant that I was doing my thing at. And they just stopped stopped me at the bar and we were just talking. And they was just like, you know, have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard of that? What made you want to get into the cart thing? Have you ever heard of Thomas Downing? And then I was just sitting there just like, and then at the end she's like, you want to be on a TV show? I was like, (laughs) hell yeah. (laughs) How is that? You know what I'm saying? If this New York is like, it's like that. It's on that street. It's on that street stuff. You know, man. It's street level stuff.
0: Oh man, that's that's crazy, man. That's what's up. That's a great story. That's a great story. But that's when things happen, man. When it's yeah. meant to be, it's gonna happen regardless. You know? No, yeah, no you <laughs> know. They
1: always say being prepared. That was the biggest part. Was just she came to ask me. And I knew the information. That
0: was really it. Right, right, right. You no, know? that's what's up, man. Is that the biggest day for Mother Shuckers? Or, in in your personal opinion, what's the biggest day for uh, M- Mother Shuckers so far? Like the biggest what? The biggest day, like your biggest. Oh, moment. the biggest day. Hmm. Because some some people hold, you know, and not to say, I mean. I would say for me, me that the biggest
1: be- one just happened. Okay. And it still is a beginning, but it's a it's like so. All right, it's been a few biggest days, but they've been in different kind of capacities, you okay. know.
0: Okay.
1: So, um, hmm.
0: break it down. I'm here I for did, it
1: all. All right, I did another recording recent, not recently, about a year ago. I'm almost immediately after for a thing that was supposed to come out on Hulu. Dude took my concept, changed his own episode, and removed me from the episode.
0: Come on, stop playing.
1: I swear to God.
0: They ain't doing that type of stuff
1: out there. I have footage from his production team that they posted, tagged my name in it, because they was expecting me to be in the episode that they had to take down because I'm not in the episode. And not only am I not in the episode, but he took everything that, cause the, the direction that he was supposed to have me speaking was along the Thomas Downing lines. Uh, the direction that I started talking about was along the lines of food, the future of food, you know? So just from what I'm saying alone right here, without getting too spiteful on another recorded- uh, I feel you, I feel you. you know, thing um that happened and that was supposed to be like it was supposed to be like boo, 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 you know what i'm saying
0: yeah and
1: so to be in front of that person after this to be like kind of, kind of having a one-on-one was like a super high next level high mentally and emotionally for me for the, the whole thing you know what i mean but then to get that taken away was kind of like it was supposed to be the same kind of like kicking the pants depression. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Then like Industry City. Industry City is so big in terms of just the fact that some place that's like that, a place that has Net Stadium, Costco, uh, the um, Baba Baby. Save on Sacks, uh all of these huge names that they have that they have working with them and underneath them, all of these crazy names. That's that. That's, that's like the tip of the iceberg of crazy names that they work with. That called me up and was like, "Yo, we like what you're doing. We want you to come be a part." You know, for them for that to happen and still to be there two and a half years later, regardless of COVID, regardless of um uh anything. Right, right. You know, just to just to have that happen in terms of a relationship, that has been like, you know, huge in terms of just proving a concept to me of this thing being able to to really be good and great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and then now it's like, you know, for me, uh the last thing that was really big and good was um, two things, really. One was a shocking lesson that I did recently for um, a hotel, for the Ace Hotel. And then uh, it was a school program that we did, you know, for uh, Brooklyn Collaborative, where it was just like a in-the-school talk, you know. Mm-hmm. And the reason why both of those were so big for me is because um, the way how they were formulated, uh, there was more designed around a talk, more designed around education than me shucking or uh, my normal work mode. You right, know. Right. So for me, that was really, really another great proof of concept. Is now I'm not pushing a cart. Yeah, it's not. I, I'm, I'm going to talk to my kids about them pushing the cart, but you know, uh, not pushing the cart, just coming in and talking about the information and that being um, received well.
0: So what's next? What's next?
1: Next is I'm working on a food campaign called Eat Your Oysters. Um, I've got like three out of five uh, video of uh, five of the commercials or well, I think or well, two or three of them recorded already um but they are basically all themed around encouraging people of different backgrounds to eat oysters um I'm trying to get that done by the summertime so that I can be launching it out for the summertime um and try to really, you know, make New York City take some responsibility for promoting oysters in and of itself um, as a food source, a viable food source. And then hopefully, with that, you know, getting um, I would like to get an uh, I'd like to get a statewide campaign going, and push it up to a nationwide campaign, you know, and then obviously an international campaign. Well, one where we we're promoting oysters to people who have never had oysters, people who are in Middle America where it's like we don't we don't think that this is a we don't think that this is a thing. Where do we get where where would we even get oysters from? You know, um, I don't I don't think I I would like it if I tried it. You know,
0: right, right, right.
1: Get an oysters to a foundation that could come to somebody like you, oyster ninja in DC and get you bushels donated so that you could go out there and go to, you know, a school and continue a conversation and do the same thing, you know, and try to get this Eat Your Oysters campaign kind of, you know,
0: really going. That sounds
1: cool. That's what I'm working on on my end right now. It's like, you know, without blabbing my lips too, too much. Like I always do, you know? Trying to trying to get this, trying to get this, uh, trying to get the oysters into more of a common man food to a large extent without changing the echelon or the, you know, without, without declassing it, I want to get it out there. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of things suffer once uh, mass demand is up then quality kind of goes down, you know, but, um, even still depending on, like I'm saying, like certain factors being regional, I can't even see it being plausible that things could go too far left. You know? Right. We've, we are shuckers. We've seen the shittiest Malpec and it's still good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it gets the job done. (laughs) Yeah. It gets the job done. Um, you know? Talking about uh, not so great oysters. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, uh, we can go into it. I'm not scared. <laughs> That's
1: their no. fault. That's not my fault. Well,
0: oh, man. That's, we'll say that for another episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That would be cool, though. Shuckers Roundtable.
1: Ooh, cool. You start getting into some, oh yeah. man, Getting
0: get in all kinds of trouble.
1: Yo, I think we should have one just me, you, and all of the other black shuckers that you can find.
0: Oh, you talking We've about me doing this, this you.
1: thing for a while? you talking about me, yeah, just,
0: just, yeah, me and you. just talking about <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. It's, it's a few of us out there, especially down south.
1: Yeah, come on. Oh, I'm with it. There's a bunch of us, man. Is it? And we're all like spread out, isolated. You know.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, you help me round it on round the people up, and we can make it happen.
1: That's what Zoom
0: is for. But um, what I wanted to ask you real quick though, because I ain't gonna hold you up, man. It's been a little bit. Um what is your um what's your way to get a non-believer to eat oysters? I know you gotta come across the people. I mean Yeah,
1: it happens all of the time. Yeah. My first thing that I always tell people is first of all, um I didn't like oysters. You know, so that's kind of a good help for majority of people who don't want to try it. Is like, you know, they're like. Oh, that's, that's just because that's just something that is not, it's just not my thing. It's just not, it's just, it's just not my thing. You know what I'm saying? And that's a general position that they'll have before they've even um, given it a taste, you know? So my thing is for one, uh, one good thing for getting somebody to try oyster for the first time is to just get them to lick it, just taste the liquor, you know? So in that, you can taste the region and you'll get a slight profile of what to expect, you know. Then the next thing is um, the belly, the back of the oyster is usually the most difficult part to get through in terms of uh, chewing it. You know, I always tell everybody never swallow your oyster, always chew your oyster. If you got to swallow it, then you're just not enjoying it. You're just spending money on food that you're not really getting to enjoy. So what I will say is a, another good cheat is to cut from the abductor muscle and leave off the belly for the first timer. So all they get is the scallop and the front, um, lo- the front of the wings. You know the front. Uh,
0: the gills. Lips.
1: Yeah. yeah gills. You. Yeah. And um, then leave the belly out, and that way you can just taste the front part without having to get too much of the whole flavor profile. If you can't handle that, then you definitely just don't like oysters. Right. You know, I've never heard that's them. okay. I mean, I've I've done literally like a virgin's tasting. Yeah, where recently we had like twelve virgins come up, and a- each one of the people that came had never had an oyster before. So it was just back to back to back to back on camera. Twelve people that had never tried an oyster before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's another thing I got coming right now, but can't not really at liberty to talk about it.
0: No doubt, no doubt. What's crazy is I've been wanting to do. Cause, um, it was like a, I want to say it was BuzzFeed. They. Had, maybe it wasn't BuzzFeed, but it was somebody out there that had did something similar. I was like, man, I could do that. I could... um... Well, we're going to talk
1: about what my idea is so you don't end up doing my thing and then... No, we're
0: not. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not not going to talk about it because if we don't talk about it, we ain't copying off of each other. But the good thing about it is... The good thing about it is... Moody, I ain't doing this shit, man. I'm not doing this shit. (laughs) You got me cussing on my podcast, man. I'm
1: quick. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell
0: you what, I tell you what, Moody. Um, no hard feelings. No. <laughs> no hard feelings, because one thing about you know the oyster saying? ninja, hey, hey, hey. one thing about the oyster ninja, I do not care. <laughs> Hey, I'm out here trying to get it. <laughs> you better, you better keep on. You know
1: what I'm saying, nigga. Oh, I'm man. with it. You know My what I'm man. saying, I'm
0: with it. My man, yo, I appreciate you taking time out your uh, your night, your day, man, talking to the oyster ninja. Yo, I love what you're doing, man. I'm gonna tell you, I love what you're doing, brother. Um, first of all, to see a brother out here, um, doing it and it's knowledgeable about what he's doing. Um, a great oyster shucker. A great oyster personality, uh, which is all huge, it which is needed to be an oyster shucker, and, and you got it up and down, man. Um,
1: Good looking, bro.
0: I'm so happy with all the success that you're having. And uh, I wish you more. Because the thing I'm about confused, it is, man. if one person can do it, everybody can do it. And if we're all working together, then it's all going to be great for everybody. It don't matter who get there. We all going. That's you know what I'm saying? I you know what yeah. i mean? So um Yeah, no,
1: nah, I want this thing to go so so much so that we change the demand for oysters in general. Just me, you and the people who's already involved, that people know that oysters are the thing to do now. And then when they go into go look for it, when they go when they are going to go look, they know who they gotta go look for. Exactly. Because we've been doing it the whole damn time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right, I'm, trying, I'm trying to make it a turn up. I'm trying to make oysters a turn up and make it so that you know throw some respect on the oyster on that oysters. You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh uh, uh, Moody. <laughs> Moody.
1: That's the second time I use that one.
0: Moody. Nah, no.
1: Nah. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs>
0: hey, stay tuned for my uh Instagram reel. <laughs> Yo. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. I needed that one. I needed that. I needed some inspiration.
1: Uh, yeah, nah, we out here, bro. You know what I'm saying? That. We out here inspiring each other. So don't you forget that shit, neither, man. I appreciate you, bro. Because before man. it was like I said, before it was me out here. All the only thing I seen when I looked for anything like me was you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. only thing I seen when I was looking for anything like me was you. Since you, I've seen a few other people.
0: You yeah. know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah. But previous to that, the only thing I even seen was you.
0: Hey, man. You know? we push I was like, oh,
1: thank you. God this nigga's not in Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank God. Thank God. <laughs> we'll be out here bumping into each other everywhere, bro.
0: Stay tuned for the Oyster Ninja pop up in Brooklyn.
1: Yo, come on, come through, nah, come through, nah, come through, nah, because now they are clamoring for it. Say again? Now they are clamoring for it.
0: Sounds good, man. The city okay. wants
1: black shuckers out here, you know, Ooh. they want us to be out here, you know, the good, the beautiful thing about New York is, there's more than enough businesses. You know what I'm saying? There's so many different places. We can't be in the same damn same place twice. Right, right, right. Or or we could be in the same place at the same damn time.
0: Yeah. And tear it up.
1: Could you imagine that party? I got two Spanish Spanish food restaurants that's next door to each other. Right. Down the block from me.
0: That's Both
1: got food buffet style in the window. Yeah. And literally people just go inside of... They just the line doesn't stop in either one of them, either one of them stories.
0: I'm sure I'm gonna listen back to this recording while I'm editing and be like, ah, I should have asked that, and I should have asked that, and why didn't I ask that, and why did I say that? I'm
1: sure I'm supposed to be asking some damn questions too right now.
0: <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I mean, if you got something, I'll, I'll answer it. But hey, like I said, I ain't gonna hold you up. I appreciate you. I know you got your dinner, and. um I got another drink to get. And uh, I just wanted to ask body. you
1: what got you into doing this.
0: The money. The money that I'm not making. Now just joking. Just joking. Um, so actually, it was the money. So my dad shucked oysters also. I'm from the Eastern Shore, um, uh, from near Sugar Tick. And my dad uh he used to compete, you know, uh, shucking oysters. Oh, shoot. Yeah, so um, he didn't raise me, but uh, once we connected, it was like, man, man, this dude is me, and I'm him. You know what I mean? It was just we connected like that.
1: And so, wait, you was already shucking oysters when you met your pops? Or no, you- uh, uh-uh,
0: no, I was, uh, I was not shucking. I ain't enough. I, I mean, my grandmother shucked oysters, but I didn't know how to shuck. I saw her shucking oysters, you know, at the kitchen table for dinner and right. stuff like that. Um, but I didn't know how to shuck. So he taught me how to shuck as a way to get extra money. Mm-hmm. So we would do like these oyster and bull roasts, And, um, from there, um, I got deployed to Afghanistan. And when I came back, I didn't really want a real job anymore. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to chill and relax. Mm-hmm. So I knew I liked shucking oysters. So I started looking for shucking jobs and I found a job in DC, um, at Rappahannock. And, um, once I started working in Rappahannock, I was perpetrating my tail off. I was perpetrating. I was saying I was doing this, doing that, doing that. And that build up, uh, because I've always had, I don't want to say a hustles mentality, but
1: you get uh-huh. what I'm saying. Oh, like, yeah.
0: But like, I've always been able to make a dollar and I've always- Make it always, so you had, make it. Yeah. I've always had that entrepreneurial uh, spirit. So basically, I was telling the people at the bar, I was like, hey- yeah, you know, I do oyster and wine parents. Didn't know nothing about wine. Of course I knew about my oysters, but I'm like, it's it's gotta be simple. You put an oyster, right? You put a put some wine, put it right. together. Okay, boom. So I did so I, I ran into this lady. She's like, oh yeah, I got a group of friends. We have dinner every uh, I think it was like once a month or once a week or something. And uh she was like, I would love to have you there and do an oyster and wine parent. So I got my oysters. I got, I think they supplied the wine, and um, broke it down real Barney style. Taught them how to shuck, taught them how to pair oysters with wine, which we was all learning at the same time. But they didn't uh-huh. know that. And uh-huh. um, and after that, because it was a hit, I started taking it more serious, and I, I started the, the Instagram. And once I hit Instagram, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. I started running into, you know, other oyster farmers and um, just finding out that there were other oyster personalities out there. And Mm -hmm. um, I just did it. I just did it, man. I just kept doing it, (laughs) connecting with the right people. Um, And of course, having my wife behind me to support me. And finally, uh, I stayed with Rappahannock a year or two or three or something like that. And I just stepped out on my own and started SS shucking and kept going man word of mouth word of mouth and you know dc is like prime time for oysters and i feel yeah. like i thought then that you know oysters was uh in the beginning stages um but really that was in the, the pre-baby stages yeah we, we're still in the beginning days baby baby, baby
1: baby baby yes
0: this is yeah. just this is just <clears throat> starting that's why I say there's plenty of room for all of us out here.
1: Oh my God, it's it's this thing is so big that we're gonna be we're gonna be fighting with contracts with BP. <laughs> if, 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 niggas, if niggas play their cards, right? Look, we're gonna look. be fighting with you know what I'm saying now nah, because it's fiscal, it's responsibility. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They gotta start taking responsibility. The people who's the ones who's bringing the food to the table supposed to be making them responsible. We are supposed to be. Heading up what doesn't exist yet to make these mofos plant back oysters so not only do we got oysters, but so that the environment is clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. That's it.
0: And that's where the whole podcast part came from. Like, I started learning about stuff and um, I just, I wanted to share the stories. Yeah. I wanted to share the stories. I was listening to podcasts or trying to listen to podcasts, but it, it was dry. And I wasn't really, it wasn't sticking. And I ran into a dude that had his podcast and he's like, dude, I got podcasts. Um, I can help you get this off the ground and you can tell your story how you want to tell it. Right. And I stopped waiting for people to tell my story. Like I, when I, when I first started Instagram and I'm sorry, Moody, to make this about me, but when I first nah, started. wanted
1: that's what I wanted to hear <laughs> though. Cause. You answered a lot of questions for me, too, right now, you know? So when That's I, why I wanted to turn it into a, a big conversation, because I really got questions, too.
0: Yeah. So when I first started Instagram, or when I first started social media, I was always tagging people. Tag, 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 tag. Hey, I want this person to see. I want this person to see. Let me tag this person. Maybe they'll see. Um, and maybe if they see this, they'll think it's cool, and they'll want me to do something for them, or they'll hire me for something, or they'll put me on their show, or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. but i'm like a couple years ago i was like what excuse my language excuse my language people if if you if you have kids around listening to this podcast cover the ears real quick i'm like why the fuck am i waiting for somebody to tell my story i can tell my own story i don't have to wait for somebody to tell my story mm-hmm. nothing against you know uh, Netflix and Hulu or whoever, TBS, CBS, you know uh-huh. what I mean? NBC. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I can tell my own story. Now, it won't well, it about not get all that the eyes. On jacket anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might, it might not get all the eyes on it, but I can still tell my own story. That, 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 so was, my, that was my biggest thing, man. Like, why am I waiting for somebody telling my story? And um, the other lesson that I learned uh, is um, don't tell myself no. Like if I have an idea, I'm gonna try it, right? Because somebody might pick up on it. Somebody yeah. might want. They're it. going
1: to. They're going, Jackie. And you, I gotta give it to you, bro. Because like, you be pressing.
0: Yeah, full court. You press. do full court. You press. be
1: pressing. Yeah,
0: full court press, man. You know? Um, I always tell people when I see people doing good, I I, I tell them keep applying pressure.
1: Yeah,
0: we got to bust these pipes.
1: Yeah, we gotta yeah. bust
0: these pipes, man. And um, that's my thing. That's my thing, man. Um, I just try to stay motivated. I try not to get down when things don't go my way. And, you know, doing right. the social media and our algorithms and all that other stuff, All you know, all that. Um, all I can do is keep going. I got to do my part. I got to do my part. And um, hopefully on the other end, they'll do their part. You know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, mo- hopefully I'll create content. Hopefully, I'll create podcasts and YouTube videos that people will like and and, and find value in. And as my preacher, as a kid, used to say, um, what do you say? I'm glad you considered it not robbery or something. You know what I mean? It come out. But, like, seriously, like, I want. and, And that's another thing. I try to make. People who support me, not feel like customers, but feel like family, like feel part of my dream. Yeah, like her, mama. Oh, I'll get it for you, mama. So, you know, it's so when they when they come out to support, like they're there, they know that they're helping to build something that's bigger than me, you know. So that's just my let me get off my soapbox, man. Get off that little soapbox. I'm nah, down.
1: that's what the point is. I mean, for me, um, the thing that was and is the biggest eye opener for me, um, in terms of being self-employed and doing this thing like, uh, back in the day when I first got out of high school, they was just trying to make you sell Cutco knives, you know, and it was either like Dyson vacuum cleaner or Cutco knives. It was like the two top company names I could think of that was like they had you going door to door and they try to tell you, you know, you can make a living for yourself. You could be a self-sustained young man and a big businessman. And, you know, you start off with selling knives and then sooner or later you'll be the head. Of, you'll be a big salesperson, you know. Yeah, right. And um, basically, uh, they they weren't telling you something that wasn't true. Because you could see these older heads that was way down the line that had got it, you know, Mm -hmm. and they were doing it. But the thing was that they had was they could just prattle to you about the context, you know, about the information, you know. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's been what has been so like so major, massively important for me has been. Being able to absorb as much information as I've received on this oyster front, so that I can sit there and tell other people about what I've been learning. You know what I'm saying? And adding my adding legitimacy to something that I that I felt myself was bullshit for a good for a good long while. You know, and now something I, I something I'm proud to to know and. Teach and be a part of, you know. And uh, you know, me having my my little one uh, about two and a half years ago, almost three years now. Well, actually, three years and about oh, less than a month. Um, but that was like the big the big eye opener for me. Like, you know, I got somebody I want to I want them to look up to me for for oysters.
0: Preach, preach, preach! Come on now, come on now! Uh, is it dusty here? Oh, this little nigga! To look. Oh, this nigga to
1: look up to me for oysters. Right, right, right,
0: yeah. It's dusty in here, man. It's allergy season or something. I don't know what's going on. Here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. No doubt, no doubt, man. Ah, uh, yeah, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna make it, man. We gonna make it. Yeah. Uh yo, appreciate you. Where can the people Appreciate find you. you man? Uh
1: just on Instagram, the real mother shuckers. Just keep us talking on the Instagram, the, the the real mother shuckers. Uh on Instagram, the real mother shuckers NYC is the website and um yeah, if you check the Instagram, you'll always see the new developments of what we got going on as things is happening. Um that's definitely the best way is just just the gram. Um, keep you up to, updated on kind of a day-to-day or week-by-week week at very minimum on um, what we got going on, you know. Um, besides that, like I said, we're in Industry City uh, three days a week. We're at Feather one day a week. And we've been at Eugene & Co., but due to the weather and volume sizes of the location, we're not doing there for right now. But we will definitely be back there in the summertime. We'll we'll most likely be back in the summertime. We've been there for about almost four years now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, on and on, on and on. More and more more and more and more and more. Like I said, different things that I'm not at the liberty to be able to discuss that's happening. Different things that I am at the liberty, but I'm not going to because I'm not going to jinx them. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's it, you know.
0: What's crazy is one of the questions that I wrote down, I got a bunch of questions I didn't even ask, so we'll save it for another time. But um, one of the questions was, was, um, uh, what can't you talk about? What can't we? No, what can't you talk about? Because, like, I know you always working on something. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him, what can't he talk about? But
1: nah, I talked I about you. two of them already. But I can't. <laughs> there's one I really, really can't. <laughs> uh,
0: I no. talked about
1: two of them already. I
0: appreciate you, man.
1: Yeah, nah. You. But um, you know, the thing, only reason, real reason why I can't really talk about anything is just because it hasn't fully happened yet. Mm-hmm, I get you. You know, and I don't want to spell bad magic. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I got you yeah all right I mean, no, me. ring this gong over here, like some incense
0: <laughs> like the sage up. <laughs> yeah.
1: ring my gong three times and yeah. I'm the lie, right you know what I'm saying.
0: And now, a word from our sponsors. pescavore uses responsibly caught wild fish, marinated with real ingredients, and naturally wood smoked for delicious flavor. Escivore tuna that travels